Hey listeners, we have a very rare opening for an associate sound designer mixer here at DeFacto Sound. That's my sound design studio and the studio behind 20,000 Hertz. To learn more, visit jobs.defactosound.com. This application window closes on May 22nd. Now, onto the show. You're listening to 20,000 Hertz. Over the years, we've explored the sonic universe from the depths of the ocean all the way to the outer reaches of the solar system. We've talked about sound design, music, language, and history. But one thing we've never really answered is what sound is on a fundamental level. To make an episode about the physics of sound, we knew we needed someone who could break down this complex subject in a way that's fun and accessible. And there was one person who I thought would be perfect. Dallas, greetings. Good morning. Someone who inspired me back when I was a kid. What happened? We're talking about sound. Yes. His name is William Sanford Nye, but he's better known as... Bill Nye the Science Guy. All right, go ahead. Go ahead, you guys. Sorry. Let's get to work, people. So for us humans, sound is a pressure wave. Now, everybody has a sense of what a wave is, but stop and think about it. It means energy is moving through air, but the air is hardly moving. When you snap your fingers, it makes the air molecules by your hand vibrate back and forth and bump into the molecules next to them. Eventually, this cascade of vibrating molecules reaches your ear and vibrates your eardrum, so you hear a sound. As sound moves through air, it means these molecules are moving at the speed of sound, and they bump into each other and produce these changes in momentum, which is manifested also as a change in pressure, which your ear can sense. And it's a tiny, tiny amount of pressure change, and yet we animals are set up to detect it. To reach your ears, Sound has to have something to travel through, which is called a medium. It could be air, it could be water, it could even be a solid like metal. In places where there aren't any molecules to create pressure, sound can't travel at all. That's why sound can't travel through space. Some people like to point out that the space battles in Star Wars should really be silent. But that wouldn't be any fun. We measure sound waves by their frequency, which means how many times the waves repeat every second. The scale we use to measure frequency is called Hertz, named after the German scientist Heinrich Hertz. And so uh, Hertz was a physicist who did quite a bit of work on waves and the relationship of wavelength to frequency. If a sound has a frequency of 500 Hertz, it means that there are 500 waves per second. If we raise it to 1,000 waves per second, or 1,000 Hertz, the pitch gets higher. The lowest possible range of human hearing is about 20 hertz. The upper range is about 20,000 hertz, which is where our name comes from. The show is called 20,000 hertz, which is 20,000 cycles per second. And that's above the range of most of our hearing, except, you know, little kids uh, before their ears get beaten down by years of listening to that rock and roll music. So I'll let you in on a little secret. No one here at 20,000 Hertz can hear 20,000 Hertz. And if you're an adult, you probably can't either. 20,000 Hertz is long gone for me. 
So kids have better hearing than adults, but some animals can hear way higher than we can. For instance, dogs can hear up to around 40,000 hertz. This is why dog whistles work. If you've ever used a dog whistle, they're a metal tube, very small diameter with a very sharp edge. Whether it's a referee's whistle, you whistling, or a dog whistle, the sharp edge causes these little whirlpools or vortices to shed, to spin off at a regular frequency. And that's the frequency that dogs hear that we can't hear. Other animals can even hear lower frequencies than us. Elephants can hear much lower frequencies than we do. Whales hear a whole range of sounds that we don't hear very well. Elephants and whales both use these low frequencies to communicate. Elephants can hear each other's low, rumbling calls when they're over six miles apart. While some whale songs can travel thousands of miles. This is because sound travels so well through water. But no matter what a sound is traveling through, the lower pitches end up traveling farther than higher ones. You can test this yourself by putting something hollow over your ear, like an empty Pringles can. If you tap your finger on the end of the can, it'll sound something like this. Now, if we stuff a bunch of paper towels into the can and tap on it again, it'll sound more like this. So you notice how muffled that is. The low frequencies are still there, but most of the high ones are almost gone. This is because different frequencies have different wavelengths. High-frequency sounds have short sound waves. These tiny waves bounce around and lose a lot of energy in whatever they're traveling through. In this case, paper towels. Low-frequency sounds have longer sound waves. This means they can travel farther without bumping into as many particles and losing energy. This is why we use low frequencies anytime we need a sound to travel as far as possible, like a foghorn. Or like a sweeping tornado siren. It's also why your noisy neighbor's music mostly sounds like bass. All of the high frequencies are bouncing around inside their space, but the bass frequencies pass right through the walls and into your ears. When your neighbor opens the door for pizza delivery, all those high frequencies can escape. Now, some materials are really good at absorbing sound, like those foam tiles you see in recording studios. They absorb the sonic energy, so there's no reverb bouncing back at you. Other times, the sound waves get reflected back, causing an echo. So you make a sound, and the pressure wave moves through the air, bounces off some distant surface, a cliff, a valley, the stands on the other side of the field, and then bounces back toward you. When an echo happens, you have a single sound bouncing in many directions. And so another amazing and really remarkable thing about pressure, or rather waves, is they can pass through each other. When sound waves meet, they can have all kinds of interactions. If you're just really on it, as a physicist, you can make the waves cancel out or add up. Let's do an experiment. We'll start by adding these sound waves together. In your left ear, you'll hear a tone from a synthesizer. 
Now, here's that same tone in your right ear. Imagine the sound waves like squiggly lines that move up and down, over and over. Right now, both of those lines are perfectly in sync, or in phase with each other. They're moving up and down at the exact same time. Now, if we bring these tones together into the middle, they combine into a single sound that's twice as loud. Both tones are still the same volume on their own, but now their sound waves are added together, and this makes the sound louder. But we can also do the opposite and make a quieter sound by making one sound wave out of phase with the other one. So imagine a wave going up meeting another wave that's going down, and they cancel out. Here are those two tones again, but this time, one of them is the exact inverse of the other one. If we go back to thinking of these as squiggly lines, we've got one moving up, while the other one moves down, and vice versa. Now, when we bring these two tones together, they cancel each other out and become completely silent. You can do this with any sound, even a voice. Here's what it sounds like when we make the left and the right channel. Oh, and by the way, if you don't hear anything for the next 18 seconds, that's because your system is in mono. You might just think we lowered the volume on my voice until it was silent, but we didn't. That volume stayed the same the entire time, but the sound waves canceled each other out. This is essentially how noise-canceling headphones work. They pick up the sound of the outside environment through a little microphone, and then, super quickly, create a sound that's the exact inverse of your environment. So, it cancels it out. Amazingly, some vehicles are also designed to do the same thing. And so these modern airplanes and modern cars have noise-canceling systems where we detect, we, engineers who design these crazy things, measure the frequency of sound in the car and then create a sound that's exactly out of phase with it. And so you can get the waves to cancel out to a large extent. It's amazing. Whether you're in the air or on the ground, moving fast generates a lot of noise. But what happens when you go faster than sound itself? That is an amazing thing. And it wasn't until I worked on a fighter plane that I got a satisfactory answer to one of my old questions. That's coming up after this. Why should you learn another language with Babbel? Well, there are a ton of reasons, but let's see how many I can fit into 60 seconds. First, Babbel works fast. You can start having conversations in another language in as little as three weeks. Next, it makes overseas vacations more fun and less stressful. I used it all the time on my last trip to Italy. If you work with foreign collaborators, Babbel can help you deepen those relationships. It's a fun thing to do when you need a break, and it's way better than doom scrolling. Babbel teaches you about other cultures, Speaking for myself, learning something new just makes me feel good. It's very affordable. And finally, signing up for Babbel helps support 20,000 Hertz. Okay, make that eight reasons, or otto ragioni, as they'd say in Italian. 
To get started on a new language today, here's a special limited-time deal for 20,000 Hertz listeners. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription right now at babbel.com slash 20k. This offer is only available for our listeners. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 20k for 55% off. Babbel.com slash 20k. Rules and restrictions may apply. Congratulations to Landon Neff for getting last episode's mystery sound right. That's the sound of a Sika deer, recorded at Nara Park in Japan. This species of deer is highly vocal, and they communicate with more than 10 distinct sounds. Here's this episode's mystery sound. If you know that sound, go to the web address mystery.20k.org and let us know. If you guess it right, you'll be entered to win one of our super soft 20,000 Hertz t-shirts. Indeed finds highly qualified candidates for any job as quickly as possible. That means when you've got a major deadline and need to hire right now, Indeed lets you relax. So how does it work? First, Indeed has 350 million regular visitors each month. In other words, you have a huge group of talented people to choose from. Then, Indeed's AI-powered matching technology helps you pick out the right person for you. It's like searching for a needle in a huge haystack, but with a giant Indeed-shaped magnet. And in an Indeed survey, 93% of those businesses said Indeed delivered the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. Our listeners can get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Hertz. Just go to Indeed.com slash Hertz right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash H-E-R-T-Z. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On a basic level, sound is vibration. When you hit a drum with a drumstick, the force makes the drum vibrate. This vibration disturbs the surrounding air molecules so they bump into each other like teeny tiny bumper cars. This chain reaction of vibrating molecules continues all the way into your ear, where it vibrates your eardrum and makes you hear a sound. Another way to describe this chain reaction is a pressure wave. Since the vibrations cause tiny changes in air pressure that your ear detects and processes as sound. Under normal conditions, the speed of sound is about 767 miles an hour. And it doesn't change based on loudness. So if a kitten meows 10 feet to your left, at the same time that a cannon fires 10 feet to your right, both sounds will reach your ears at the same time. But the speed of sound is affected by what the sound is traveling through. For instance, sound travels over four times as fast in water as it does in air. Sound travels extremely well through water because it's so much denser than the air. In other words, molecules bump into each other more readily. There's much, much less empty space between them than there is in the air. And then the higher you go in the atmosphere, the less air there is between you and outer space. We use the expression, the air is thin, but it's molecules farther apart. Another thing that affects the speed of sound is temperature. So when we measure a temperature with a thermometer, we're measuring the average kinetic energy of molecules, like the average momentum of molecules. 
And so uh, kinetic means moving. So if somebody's kinetic, you know, he's bouncing around all the time. Since warmer molecules bounce around faster than cold ones, it means they can transmit sound faster. So the speed of sound in Hawaii is slightly faster than the speed of sound in Iceland. And everybody, it's cool to appreciate or wonderful to appreciate that pressure and temperature and the speed of sound are intimately related. The warmer things are, that's a manifestation of molecules moving faster. The denser things are, that means the molecules are more massive and are able to bump into each other more readily because they're closer together. And then the speed of sound, which is an expression we throw around all the time, the speed of sound, is the average speed of molecules. It's amazing. This business of pressure and temperature are intimately related. You might say they osculate if you're a Latin buff. They kiss. Most of the time, the speed of sound is as fast as those molecules ever go in nature. But sometimes, they get pushed even faster. So if you push these molecules faster than they're naturally going, they will bump into other molecules and slow down immediately. And this is what we call a shock wave. And a shock wave, the kind of wave that's coming off a fighter plane or the end of a whip, when you like that, you break the speed of sound, you push molecules faster than their natural tendency. The sound generated by a shock wave is called a sonic boom. And while shock waves are incredibly powerful, they're also tiny. The shock wave is barely a hundredth of a millimeter, ten thousandth of an inch thick. It's thinner than a piece of paper. Most sonic booms are caused by human inventions, but not all of them. What you're hearing right now is a series of underwater sonic booms made by pistol shrimps snapping their claws together. These creatures are less than an inch long, but the way they hunt is incredible. When a pistol shrimp snaps its claws, it shoots a kind of bubble bullet that moves toward its prey at up to 62 miles an hour. When the bubble collapses, it creates a sonic boom loud enough to stun or even kill its prey. And for a split second, it generates temperatures almost as hot as the sun. All the heat generated by a shockwave can be a problem if you're trying to be stealthy. I'll give you an example, not quite from your everyday experience, but from your tax dollars experience. The B-2 bomber, very sexy, amazing plane. Don't use it. It's too expensive. Don't ever use it. Okay, but we do have it. Don't, don't, don't use it, man, but it, it's really cool. Anyway, in order to achieve its remarkable top speed, the exhaust coming out of the engines is generally going right about the speed of sound. And so there's a shock wave produced in the exhaust of the engines and it gets very hot. And what they did with the B-2 bomber, they, we, it, your tax dollars, they put the exhaust on top of the wing so that the bad guys have much more difficulty sensing its heat from the ground. The heat is radiating into space rather than toward the ground. It's cool or hot. Your tax dollars at work. So imagine you're in a jet flying faster than the speed of sound. 
and then for some reason you decided to shout out of the window. In this case, how fast is my voice traveling? Someone standing outside would hear it at the speed of sound. In other words, they'd hear it as fast as sound wave could move. But understand, there are some practical problems with rolling the window down when you're going the speed of sound because the pressure from outside would smash you. When you roll down the window on the freeway, you instantly feel the air blowing back at you. In order to get your voice to carry to the sidewalk, the pressure wave from your voice has to be stronger than the pressure of the air coming through the window. Now imagine going almost 14 times faster in a jet plane. Even if you could roll down a window and survive, what pressure is inside your cockpit will have to be as high as the pressure outside or it'll just blow into you and you won't be able to produce the sound wave. That's a cool physics question. But that's why fighter planes are made of stuff that can resist air. (laughs) They're not made of paper at those high speeds. But of course, when you're 50,000 feet in the air, going 1,500 miles an hour, you're a long way from places your ears are supposed to be in. Our hearing developed as sort of an early warning system. Think about when you stay the night in an unfamiliar place. You're hyper-aware of every creak and noise. And it's not just us humans who are like this. If you watch wolves and big cats, they can turn their ears toward the source of the sound. This is not rocket surgery. You can see this. And so they're able to aim their detectors in a way that you and I don't very much. So our ears and our hearing not only are very important for our communication, but they're also a source of warning, of early detection. With all of the distractions we have today, it's tempting to shut out the sonic world more and more. If you could change something about your body, what would it be? And many people have said they want ear lids like eyelids, that you could close your ears, you know, to those kids on your lawn or whatever. Get off my lawn! These days, most of us don't have to worry about a hungry lion sneaking up behind us. Still, our ears are always listening for important cues from our surroundings, whether it's a fire alarm from three houses away or distant thunder when you're walking in an open field. If you could shut off the outside world, you might lose your early warning, and this would be very problematic. So we shouldn't be too quick to close off one of the most fundamental ways of understanding the world. It's really amazing that evolution, 3.7 billion years of life on Earth, produces these elegant systems that enable us to hear these tiny pressures. The amount of pressure or the size of the pressure wave that we detect when we listen to a podcast is just amazingly small. And because your ear has this spiral inside, it makes low pressure sounds or very weak or quiet sounds detectable and at the same time not be overwhelmed by very loud sounds. And I didn't do it, but this is where I can imagine somebody decides to be a physician and then an audiologist because it's all so crazy cool. These days, we can be the curators of our own sonic world. We've built buildings and made entire professions around creating and enjoying sound. 
We've created technology that helps us hear, and technology that reduces noise. And it's all because of our understanding of sound at a physical level. People talk about physics and they throw the word physics around. It really is amazing that we can understand all this and produce shockwaves and understand the speed of sound and understand temperature and pressure. And it's just freaking amazing. Physics is so compelling to me. Whether it's a relaxing bird call or a recording of a screaming actor, when it comes down to it. It's all physics, man. There's an old saying, everything happens for a reason, dude. If that's true, the reason is usually physics. Twenty Thousand Hertz is hosted by me, Dallas Taylor, and produced out of the sound design studios of DeFacto Sound. For a little sound design inspiration, follow DeFacto Sound on Instagram. This episode was written and produced by Jack Higgins, with help from Sam Sneebly. It was story edited by Casey Emerling. It was sound designed and mixed by Soren Bejan and Jai Berger. A huge thanks to Bill Nye for taking the time to speak with us. Getting him on the show is honestly a dream come true. These days, Bill hosts a podcast called Science Rules, which you can find right here in your podcast player. If you've got a science question for Bill, you can send it his way by visiting askbillnye.com. And if you want more 20,000 Hertz in your life, there are plenty of ways to get it. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or on our subreddit, reddit.com slash r slash 20k. Thanks for listening. Carry on, let's change the world.